This is Troy Ray, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Courier, Bogan. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer fires to score. You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside, Rambo scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. We're here with Troy Ray, former Albany Great Dane and current defender with Chaos Lacrosse Club in the PLL. Troy, welcome to the show. How are you doing this fine Thursday? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be a part of it. No, absolutely. We're excited to have you. And uh, before we kind of get into your career, we want to talk a little bit about your father, Scott Ray, uh, who, along with your uncle Jeff, set numerous records um, during their time at Adelphi University. So we kind of want to know, what was it like growing up in a lacrosse family? And how did your dad influence you and your twin brother, Justin's decision to kind of play lacrosse? No, definitely. I mean, it was awesome just growing up. Um, he coached at New Hyde Park. Um, so just kind of going to, to games, watching him coach. Um, it's definitely something cool. Um, and, and the cool thing about it was um, he didn't really push me or my brother to kind of play lacrosse when we were growing up. Um, it was actually the last sport we uh, picked up. Um, we started in fifth grade, I want to say. So he let us play um, baseball, football, basketball, soccer, kind of every other sport. He didn't, he didn't really want to push us to kind of to play it, even though he did, um, which was pretty cool. But once we kind of picked it up, uh, we fell in love with it. So, um, But it's just a cool story that it was the last sport that we, we kind of started playing. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, you know, we, we mentioned your twin brother, Justin, who also plays pro most recently this summer with the Lizards. Uh, you play defense right now. He plays offense. I know it's probably, uh, you know, at a younger age, you, you probably play both sides. But talk about growing up with Justin and, and those battles in the backyard as a kid. No, definitely. I mean, growing up, I was always a midi. Um, I actually started playing defense in sixth or seventh grade. Um, so starting off the first couple of years, um, it was cool to just kind of be on the same line as him. Um, and playing both sides of the ball. And then he actually was the first one to, to cross over to defense. He wanted to give it a try um, and didn't really like it. Um, it wasn't for him. Um, and I suck at many. And then I transferred over and, and kind of fell in love with it. Um, so, but just in the backyard, just going one-on-one, um, just perfecting our crafts. It, it definitely helped a lot for both of us. Um, just kind of see what he was doing and, and just getting that practice and those extra reps in um, as well. Um, but kind of getting down to just as we got older, just knowing both sides of it, like myself playing defense, like when he was dodging someone or I saw something in a game or a practice that he could do better um, or, or didn't do as great, um, I would give him feedback and same thing as him uh, when I was going one-on-one with someone else or just in a game and I got beat or something, just kind of see what he's saying and, and what he's looking for um, as an attack would definitely help my game uh, and same thing to him as well. So it, it worked out for both of us. No, that's great. And you guys both, uh, you know, made your way to Albany uh, under coach Scott Marr. Um, what was kind of influencing your decision to go to Albany um, and become a great Dane? No, definitely. I mean, just, just going through the high school recruiting process um, between both of us, um, definitely just being under-recruited. Uh, and that's kind of my story um, in a sense of just not being recruited as much, not having that many looks. Um, Justin definitely had a little bit more looks than, than I did. Uh, and, and I lean that toward just kind of being a smaller guy. Um, I think I graduated high school at like 5'8", 160. Uh, and, and going to Albany was, I was probably a little bit taller, but definitely like 160 pounds. Um, but but kind of getting myself there to Albany and Justin as well. Um, Luke Tequino, I don't know if you guys know him. Um, he was actually the first All-American at Albany. And he was um, our coach in summer as, along with my dad. 
and Mike Gongas on Team Long Island. Um, and Luke ended up being um, the varsity assistant coach at Mount Sinai where my dad works. Um, so we had a good relationship with him. Um, and he kind of led us to that program of Albany and Coach Mar and kind of put us on the map as well. Um, and actually one of my best friends growing up, uh, Zach Wolf, he committed to Albany first. Um, we played football with him from first grade on um, and played travel across. So we've been playing with him um, from first grade all the way to college. So he committed there um, and kind of told us about it. And, and it was kind of when Albany wasn't really on the map. Um, I mean, Lyle and the Thompsons were there, um, but they didn't make that impact yet. Um, and it was that next year, it was that year that we were looking at it, that they actually beat Syracuse uh, and put Albany on the map. Um, so just kind of going up to Albany, um, meeting with Coach Marr, um, kind of fell in love with it. Um, and at the end of the day, it was kind of between, for me, it was between Albany and Sacred Heart. Um, so I'm happy with my decision. Um, and it was a great four years, so um, I wouldn't change anything. You know, and you guys certainly made some strides. Uh, you know, you're part of the UAlbany team that made it to the program's first Final Four um, your senior year. How special was it to kind of be part of that team? No, I mean, it was definitely awesome. Just kind of going from freshman year to senior year, we had all the talent in the world. I mean, my freshman year, we probably had one of the better teams. We had Lyle as a senior. Um, our middies were, were unbelievable as well. Uh, just like the, the thing of Albany, right? We didn't have a face-off guy um, for so long, right? That was kind of our, our Achilles heel. Um, and then we got TD. Um, which definitely helped our team a lot. But just kind of seeing the progress um, and all that groundwork that the alumni put ahead of us and the kids above me as well, um, finally seeing that pay off and, and to happen in our senior year um, was definitely awesome and, and a great experience for not only Coach Mar but for our university as well. Awesome. Um, and, you know, after your time at Albany, you headed to the pros. You ended up on the Lizards with your brother, which is pretty awesome in 2018. Kind of talk about the adjustments that you needed to make in your game to make that jump from the college side to the pro side. No, definitely. I mean, just going from high school, just the, the pace of play and just the talent level um, and, and guys just being older. And I think that correlates as well to the to the pro level as well. Right. Playing at that the highest level of college and you're thinking right, you're playing against the Yales the Maryland's, the Syracuse's, the Hopkins and all that. Um, but then once you get to that pro level, it's the best guys from college each year now are all on pro rosters. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the talent's even more, um, and guys are older. Like I played with put Paul Rabel and Kyle Hartzell, um, guys older than me my first year by 10 years, right? So it's that big gap um, and just trying to just hone in your skill and just playing at that next level of the, of the pace of play and just the up and down, I think is the biggest part, just getting acclimated to that. You mentioned Paul Rabel. You, you followed his, uh, his lead in the 2019 season when you, you joined the PLL and were a member of the Chaos Lacrosse Club. Uh, what prompted you to make that jump? Uh, I mean, I think it was just everything I worked for, honestly. I mean, I, I worked my, my whole life kind of getting to that level um, and just being doubted my whole life of, of not being able. I was told so many times that I wasn't able to play D1, um, that I was small and I was too small. I wasn't big enough. I wasn't fast enough. I wasn't skilled enough. Um, and then finally getting there and proving everyone wrong. And then getting drafted to play with the Lizards, um, which was a dream come true, kind of from being from Long Island, playing at Hofstra, um, where my whole family and friends can come watch. And then that opportunity to go to that next level where lacrosse is going, um, I felt like I deserved it, and I kind of worked my butt off to get there. Um, so I wanted to take the leap. Um, and same thing there, right? People told me that um, it wasn't my style. I should play MLL, right? I can build my brand a little bit more. Um, but I wanted to prove everyone wrong and, and, and go to that next level. Uh, and continue my lacrosse career. So um, I'm happy I made it. Um, it's been an unbelievable first two years so far uh, and excited to get back with the chaos this summer. 
Nice. And I'm sure Coach Towers is happy you made that uh, jump as well. But let's talk about uh, the PLL bubble that this past summer, you know, you guys didn't find too much success in the wing column in the in the um, group play, but you guys really turned it on, obviously, in the playoffs, make it to the championship. What really switch was flipped when you once you got to the playoffs? I mean, just going from the first year, um, how, how much success we had and then kind of losing in that playoff run. Uh, and those last couple of games, yeah. just like a good lesson for our, myself and our, and our team as well. I'm um, just kind of seeing, right, we put in all that work in the beginning. And then when the time matters, we um, were able to execute. And then going to training camp, camp, we had some new guys on offense. I mean, Curtis Dixon, Austin Stats, some of those box guys that we haven't played with. And we were, we were very excited to have them. Um, and training camp, the first couple of practices, we, we looked amazing. I mean, our offense looked unbelievable. Our defense um, was clicking on all cylinders. And we were excited for that first game against Chrome and, and, and the rest of the group play. And it just didn't go our way. Um, we weren't executing um, defensively and offensively. Um, and, and we just weren't clicking um, on all cylinders. So it was a little bit of frustration. Just we put in all that work um, from that last year of, of losing in the semis um, and being the one seed and then coming to training camp this year in the bubble um, and, and looking so good in practice and, and everyone ready for it. Um, and just getting on the field and didn't correlate. Um, but we just kept going back to the drawing board, right? We listened to our coach Towers. He's an unbelievable coach. Um, so energetic. Uh, you guys see in the videos <laughs> and he comes out with, I don't know how he comes up with some of that stuff he says, um, but just having faith and confidence, everyone and, and having each other's back um, and knowing that just here and there, right. It's going to fall um, and eventually did. And unfortunately we didn't win the championship, um, but we, but we got there so that we took that next step from the, the previous year. Um, yeah. So hopefully this year, right. We get back there and we can win it now. You know, absolutely. And, you know, looking forward uh, to this summer, what has been your preparation in this offseason, maybe as from an individual standpoint? Um, and then from a team standpoint, what does the chaos squad need to do to keep that momentum going in uh, this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, just the training. Um, it's a little bit different just because of COVID and being quarantined and just um, trying to be safe. So a little bit more on your own, um, in a sense, and not working out at a gym. Um, but I do speed and agility work probably three days a week with my, my trainer. Uh, and I actually have a weight room down here. Um, we, my, me and my brother and my dad bought weights um, in a rack over, over the summer, just not being able to lift. Um, so he's, he, my trainer's been writing me up some plans. So just kind of doing it on my own, um, finding motivation to, to kind of work out. Um, I, I know it's tough. Everyone has that problem of, of not being able to go to a gym and just find that motivation to go in your basement and work out or go outside, go for a run. Um, but it's all, it's all for the future and for the summer. Um, you got to put in the work to kind of get there. So that's definitely something that, that I've been doing, just trying to find that motivation every day to kind of get better um, and strive to get to that next step in my career. Um, but for the chaos, I think just just continuing to build. Um, like I said, we didn't have – right. last year was kind of the first year we had everyone. We had all the pieces on offense. Um, we were missing some guys on defense and Johnny Serdic um, in the Army. Um, but just kind of adding, adding to that and building more chemistry and building relationships uh, and talking to, to each other between um, the offseason and just kind of – putting that plan in place and, and executing it on a daily basis. Um, I think we'll see a big difference this summer. Yeah. And you talked about kind of that next iteration of the chaos. Let's talk about that next iteration of pro lacrosse, right. With the merger of the PLL and MLL talk about your thoughts uh, when you heard the news and, and have you given any thought to possibly either going up against again or, or joining uh, your brother again on the same squad? Not definitely. I mean, I think it's awesome news. I think it's great for the sport and great for the future of the sport. And, and I'm glad that Paul and Mike are the lead of it. Um, they do an unbelievable job of, of bringing the sport to the future um, and, and kind of getting it to that next step. Um, so, so grateful for everything they've done and the opportunity they're giving us. Um, but like I said, I think it's awesome news. I think having everyone 
um, in that one league competing against each other. I mean, everyone's seen the talent just the last two years, now adding all the guys from the MLL as well. Um, it's going to be even more competitive um, and be even a better scene for the fans watching. Um, but then talking on Justin's end, um, would love to have him on my team. I mean, I've never really played against him in my whole life. Yep. I mean, growing up, he's been Rocky Point in high school, Albany, and then being in the first year at MLL, we've never kind of really went against each other. Um, if, if it happens to happen, then, then I would love to do it, get a one-on-one from up top or something from behind, <laughs> um, set it up. But like I said, I hope he's on my team um, and on our side, we can connect on a couple more um, opportunities that we've been leading on since we were younger. No, yeah, we're certainly looking forward to, to seeing uh, what happens this upcoming offseason and going into the, the third PLL season. I want to touch on a little bit of the PLL Academy. You've been doing some work with them as well. Um, how has it been kind of, you know, training the future generation of pros um, through the PLL Academy? No, it's awesome. And, and even before the PLL Academy, just doing lessons on my own and kind of giving back and coaching is always something I'm so passionate about. Um, just kind of giving back everything that's, that was give, given to me through my dad, um, high school, college, travel, um, just kind of giving that to the younger, the younger future, um, just kind of telling my story and, and giving those, those young kids just the knowledge of, of they can go to that next level if, if they're too small, right? That's the beauty of lacrosse. Um, you don't have to be six foot five, um, Jack, be the fastest guy, right? You can, you can have any body type um, and excel at that next level. So just kind of giving back and having that platform that, that the PLL has given us uh, and, and just growing from high school, college, all the way to that next level, um, just, just giving back, like I said, I, I think it's so important to give back to that. It's something I necessarily didn't have in a sense. I mean, I had my dad and my uncles and, and Justin, um, but, but never had like a, a person that gave me lessons or something like that. So just having that opportunity to give that back um, and use my platform, like I said, it is just something I'm so passionate about. Um, and I'm grateful for that, for the academy role. I mean, it lets me do all of that. It's going to let me travel once COVID's done. Um, the restrictions are up. I'm actually going to Jacksonville um, tomorrow. I'm hopping on a flight to do a clinic down there. Um, with Sergio Salcido, Alex Austin, Molly Stevens. So excited, decided to get down there some warm weather. Um, but like I said, just, just that opportunity to give back is something I'm, I'm grateful for and, and excited I'm able to do it. No, absolutely. I, I think, you know, lacrosse players are some of the best at, you know, teaching the future generations and recognize the importance of making sure that, you know, younger generations realize uh, what they can uh, attain, you know, if they, they put the work in. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Let's move on to some of the, the lacrosse side of things as well as the off the field side of things. A little bit more about you as a player and a person uh, with our five and five segment. I'll start off with the five lacrosse questions. And the first one I have is what are some pregame routines or superstitions that you have? Uh, I mean, I don't really necessarily have that many. I, I think college, I had a little bit more um, just kind of listening to the same songs um, and same playlist. I mean, I know once you know locker room, it's just kind of everyone's listening to that one, the same songs, um, but kind of just getting in my, getting ready for the game, just getting in my own space, going over my scouting report um, was definitely something I did a lot in college, um, but professional, I, I don't really have um, that many superstitions or anything. Just kind of go to the locker room, get dressed, um, just the same routine, just listen to music, just the camaraderie with the guys and hanging out with them um, and, and enjoying the moment. It's just, um, that, that's, that's all I'd say is, is my routine. Awesome. And then uh, number two, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? You obviously got to go to a, quite a few on uh, that first season of the PLL, and then you played a, in a bunch in college. So has there been any in particular that's really been uh, a place that you enjoy playing at? Uh, I'm going to give a biased answer and a non-biased answer. I'm going to go at Albany just from professional go. going back there. Um, it, was just, it was just awesome. It's my second home, right? So it, it was just mm -hmm. awesome to kind of go back there uh, and see the crowd. It was sold out. Um, I, I know we sold out at Homewood. 
um, and then Albany as well. But just seeing the whole crowd and the support that the Albany community has um, for us and, and the chaos, we're lucky to have some Albany guys on the team. Um, so just kind of seeing that support that everyone brought in um, was, was just pretty cool to see. Just like I said, being in front of um, the community, Coach Mar, the rest of the team, they were back. So um, just kind of being there was just an awesome experience. And they did they did such a great job when we were in college um, of selling the place out. I mean, the North Carolina game my junior year uh, and the pouring rain was completely sold out and was one of the best atmospheres I've ever played at. Um, so it just shows you how much support they have in us uh, and how much they love lacrosse. So that was definitely my biased one. And then non-biased, um, I would probably say San Jose. Um, that, I think that was just a cool um, atmosphere, just playing out in California. Um, just the warm weather, um, the stadium was, was pretty sweet um, as well. So just kind of going out there and having the opportunity to go out there. Um, but, I, but I think all the stadiums are awesome. I mean, every, every, everyone is top of the art. Um, I mean, the, we're playing the soccer stadium, so the grass is, is unbelievable. It's like you were not even allowed to walk on it before the game. and, and <laughs> They try to hold it um, as best they, as they can. Um, but like I said, just having the opportunity to travel um, in that first year going to city to city is just awesome to see and just see the fans from, from all those different areas that come out and support. Um, lacrosse is such a tight-knit community, um, and everyone has each other's back, and everyone supports. So just kind of being able to travel – uh, and play in front of different crowds every week is, is something awesome um, to experience. You know, we're certainly looking forward to, you know, that model returning in season three. Um, and hopefully we can have fans, you know, attend. Uh, it'll probably depend on, you know, different state regulations at that time. But yeah, we're, we're hopeful that fans can also be there as well. I mean, I was uh, number three. To, yeah, before we jump in, go I was, ahead. Yeah. this past year we were supposed to go to Stony Brook. Um, so kind of being back home, I was probably going to have 100 plus people at that game, including family and friends. So hopefully we get back there. Um, or, or somewhere on Long Island, like I said, um, now, now the MLS merger, maybe maybe Hosha or something. Um, but it's just just awesome to kind of be get back home would be a, a great experience. Number three, who's been one of the toughest players to kind of face during your career? Um, I mean, I would say pro, probably Tom Shriver. Um, I mean, obviously he was ranked number one guy in, um, in the PL this past summer, um, but just kind of playing against him. He's so talented um, and, and so versatile. Um, he, even if you're covering him, right, he, he throws those underhand feeds across the crease um, or f- across the um, field um, that gets open and scores. So it's just playing against him and have, having the opportunity to cover him is definitely something awesome um, to be a part of uh, and, and um, an awesome challenge is how good he is. Um, and then college, I would probably say Lyle. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really slide, I'd cover him as much as an LSM, um, but just sliding to him, just how nonchalant he is and just how, how it comes at ease. Um, my, I, a good story, my freshman year, um, I slid to him off a drill or a scrimmage and he, he was just like, he was just sitting there with his hands out, like his stick there. I'm like, I'm like this guy's that hard to cover and he's just so strong, um, <laughs> so fluid and just so smooth and calm. Um, that, makes it, that makes him so good. I mean, I, I personally think he's the best player um, in the world. So I'm excited to kind of see him this summer and hopefully he finds his way on chaos. Uh, I mean, that would be a pretty, pretty sweet attack with him, burn fields, Dixon, top miles, um, and wow. the rest of the offense would be a, a pretty lethal offense. So hopefully he makes his way to chaos. Um, but we'll see what happens this summer. Yeah, no, another Albany reunion. Uh, yeah, we'll be, you know, that's the biggest storyline probably this off season is where he'll end up. And, uh, we're just excited to see him, you know, and all these great players under one roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, who's a teammate or fellow lacrosse player that you've kind of leaned on as a mentor during your career? Yeah, I mean, I think just going from um, college to the Wizards and having Kyle Hartzell um, as another LSM, just a veteran of the sport, um, one of the best to ever play the position, um, Team USA, coming from D3, 
Uh, I think just having him in that position as I entered the professional ranks um, was definitely a good role model and just someone I looked up to um, watching him play um, while in college and on Team USA. So um, obviously still keep, keep in contact with him, even though he's on Atlas. Um, I talked to him a bunch, but definitely I would say Kyle is, is a big um, role model and someone I would go to um, if, if I had any questions or something like that. Just, just being having the opportunity to play with him um, on the Lizards was definitely an awesome experience. No, that's great. And uh, my final one is uh, number five. It's a little bit different uh, than what we're talking about, but what is your current stick setup? We know you're an epic athlete, but uh, what are you rocking these days in terms yeah. of shaft, head, and stringing? No, definitely. I mean, over the summer uh, in the bubble, I used a prototype shaft, Dragonfly, um, which was pretty awesome. It was, it was probably one of my favorite shafts I've ever used. Um, it was so light and, and flexible, and the torque on it was, was awesome for shooting. Um, and then my head I used was an epic prequel. Um, so I used a prequel. This summer, I think I had the all black setup, um, which was nice. But yeah, I mean, I used a prequel. I, I tried using the Z1, um, but I like the prequel a little bit more. Um, so I, I stuck with that one. You know, I'm always fascinated what different heads uh, defensemen use, you know, and you being an LSM too, um, and also a threat to score from the, the two point arc, it, it kind of varies sometimes, you know, compared to maybe a Matt McMahon who we talked to recently. Yep. Um, who's, you know, close defense, but uh, yeah, it's always interesting. Me being an offensive guy, you know, I, I'm always interested to see what these different defenders uh, use, you know, whether they go for the more narrow head or, or wider head. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've always used a more offensive minded head, even in college, um, just going through our equipment manager and, and then having defensive heads. And I said, I, I would use the offensive head. So they had to put some aside. Um, obviously there's so many offensive guys. So, I mean, I, I just like it better. I don't like the wide heads. Um, I'm just, that's my preference. Like I said, I know, like you said, Matt McMahon uses different ones um, and other guys use more wide ones, but I'm more offensive minded and that's, and so I like to use an offense head. There you go. Awesome. And I'll take over for the off the field question. So obviously you're on the field a ton, right? But uh, what are some hobbies or activities you like uh, partaking in when you're not on the field? No, definitely. I mean, I definitely enjoy cooking a lot. Um, it's definitely something that I picked up a little bit more um, just being quarantined and, and COVID and, and stuff I did um, before COVID, but definitely I, I enjoy cooking a lot. Um, my mom, my mom's a big cook in my family. So just helping her out or, or, or taking in the lead on some nights is definitely something um, that I enjoy a lot. Nice. And that actually is perfect segue because my next question's favorite meal. So any, anything mom likes to cook up for you? Uh, I mean, we have a different variety every week. I mean, some, some staples, just like meat sauce, pasta meat sauce um, is a big one. Um, chicken cutlets was a big one in college. Um, my mom would freeze. I think my mom would probably make like 40 chicken cutlets uh, <laughs> and send them up from myself and Justin um, and our roommate. Um, so definitely had a bunch of that. But I enjoy cooking steaks and all that good stuff, some fish. Um, so we have a good variety. Um, but if I, if I say my favorite food, probably some steak. Um, you can't go wrong with a nice steak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number three, uh, favorite athlete in another sport to watch currently. Favorite athlete to watch. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking with Mahomes. I mean, everyone's probably saying that, but just to see the talent level um, and how he excels and, and brings the rest of his team just up. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm just continuing to watch. I mean, I'm a Jets fan. I'm a diehard Jets fan. Um, so, so I'm not a big fan of Tom Brady just playing wise. Yeah, um, just because he destroyed my my life. But I would say Mahomes. I mean, just the the talent level and how young he is, um, and his athletic ability is, is unbelievable. Just his angles he throws at, um, and like I said, when when they're down twelve with three minutes left, he somehow finds a way every time. Um, they can go down ten seconds and score. Um, so he's he, that team is uh, definitely fun to watch, and it kind of just brings me back to the Albany days in our offense, like being so prolific and and just the different ways we were able to score. Just kind of seeing them with Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. 
um, and Edwards Alaire and then Le'Veon now. Um, just kind of seeing the way they can attack and just run the same play, but in a different wrinkle um, is definitely cool to watch. Um, so excited to have him for the future um, as, as an expert, as I'll say. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I may, don't have, I didn't have the unfortunate, you know, dismay like you did at having to face my team to face Tom Brady, uh, you know, twice every season. I'm a Ravens fan, but definitely grew to not like him a lot. And for me now, it's like not even enough for him to lose a Super Bowl. It's just getting there, like bothers me. Um, you know, you can't really knock his greatness, but you know, when you, you see some boneheaded decisions coming out of like the green Bay Packers, not going for it on fourth, it just makes you scratch your head. You know, why, why are the people letting him get another chance at winning a super bowl? It just drives me insane. Even letting him, even letting him walk from the Patriots. I mean, yeah. even now, yeah. like the reports of Rogers might maybe leaving and now Deshaun Watson. I mean, I hope Deshaun Watson goes to the Jets. I mean, he's a top five quarterback in the league. So it's crazy just to kind of see, um, even Brady leaving the Patriots and now going to the Bucks and, and bringing them team from a bad record now to the Super Bowl is just, it's unbelievable how much um, power he has and just how good he really is. Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up. One, what do you think uh, uh, Coach Sala? And two, what quarterback are the uh, Jets going to mistakenly take at, at that spot? <laughs> <laughs> I love Sala. I think he's a great hire. I mean, I feel like he just fits the mold and something we need. Um, I mean, and he can end up being a bad hire. We don't know, but just having that hope and, and, um, just kind of seeing all the all the players talk about him. You see Richard Sherman talking about him. You yeah. saw Warner who played for him. Um, just just all the praise, and you saw John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan just give him all the praise. Um, I think it's it's a good future for the Jets, and hopefully he lives up to it. Um, but then at two, I mean, personally, I would if I was a GM, I would keep Darnold um, okay. if we couldn't trade for Watson. But it, I mean, if we can trade for Watson, I think you have to do it. Give give away three first rounders. I mean, he's gonna. Yeah, we need the picks, but he's like I said, he's a top five quarterback. Um, but if we can't get him, I would, I would keep with Darnold um, and maybe trade back at two and get like Devontae Smith um, and get another second rounder, another first rounder. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sure they'll, they'll find a way to mess something up. <laughs> so, uh, we'll take a quarterback and not get anything. So we'll see. Um, I hope they don't take a QB. But like I said, um, you never know with the Jets. Yep, for sure. Well, since you don't have to watch the Jets on Sundays right now, we're always curious, you know, favorite vacation spot. Favorite vacation spot. Um, so I would probably just say Florida. I mean, I've never been out of um, the country before. Uh, that's definitely something I, I want to do as well. Um, but I've never really been out. I, I mean, I would say I went to Canada. That's the only time. And I went to Japan um, with the PLL. So that was kind of the first time, um, but never just like on a vacation. We played that one there for lacrosse and stuff, which was an awesome experience. But I would say Florida um, just because I've been there so many times. Uh, we stayed at a, a hotel called the Rose and Shingle Creek. Um, who my dad is actually friends with some, a guy that works there who gets us um, the room and stuff, which is, which is a great um, resort and stuff. But like I said, I, I've never really been out. I would love to go to Aruba. Um, I mean, my girlfriend it keeps telling me to, we have to go to Aruba. She, she's, been out. she's been to Aruba a bunch of times. So um, she's trying to force on me and, and I would love to go. Um, hopefully COVID ends soon. Um, yep. Like I said, I would definitely love to get out um, and explore a little bit more. Nice. Uh, and my last uh, off the field question, you know, with, with quarantine, everyone's been cooped up inside. Any books, podcasts, or shows or movies you'd like to recommend? Uh, I mean, I've been killing the show game. Um, I, I can't even recount how many shows I've watched since quarantine, just yeah. like seasons and, and weeks. Um, it, it's actually crazy how much I can watch. Um, but I've been watching All American. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I, that's a great show. Um, and actually just came back two weeks ago. So that that's, it's, it's tough though. You have to watch it live. So you can't, can't yeah. binge watch it. Yep. Um, but I mean, I, I can't remember some of the shows I've been binge watched. It's, it's been so many. I can't even keep count. 
Um, I have to make a list, but I think All American's a good one. Um, I'm a big fan of like Chicago PD um, and those type of shows. Um, so, so those are back on now. So um, I, I can't even keep, like I said, I can't, I can't even recall all the shows I've been watching since March of last year. Um, it's, it's crazy. You know, my wife likes All American. I think uh, I, I want to say Kyle Harrison also recommended that to us as well. Um, so a good choice there. Uh, our final question, um, wrapping up the five and five and kind of going to overtime section is what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? Yeah, I mean, I think just talking about my journey and my recruiting process and just how I got from um, youth to high school to college and at the professional, um, just, just kind of putting your head down and putting in the work. I mean, just getting reps in and practicing and putting in the work. I know everyone says that, but, but it's the truth, right? Putting in the extra work when nobody's looking. Um, right? You're not going to get better just from just going to practices once a week. Um, it's the extra reps that you're hitting the wall. Um, you're going out and shooting on your own um, in, in the cold mornings or the cold afternoons, right? It's, it's getting that extra work in when nobody's watching. Um, and, and just, just having, having a dream. Um, just because someone tells you you can't do something. Um, doesn't mean you can't. So I think just just grinding and, and just kind of proving those doubters wrong and, and having a chip on your shoulder um, to kind of get to that next level is something that I've definitely used um, and, and I continue to use as well. Um, and it helps motivate me. Um, but like I said, if you put your dream, dream to some, if you put your mind to something, you can um, to a dream, you can kind of achieve it. Um, but like I said earlier, just lacrosse is just a beauty of a sport, just not right. There's not a stereotypical body. Anyone can kind of get to that next level and play. So just finding your your skill level. Um, and, and what you're good at and, and perfecting it and getting your game a little bit better on, on, on different things um, is definitely going to help you out on the way. No, I think that's some great advice for our younger listeners. Uh, Troy, when, where can people find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is T-R-E-H-10. Um, and then my Twitter, I believe, is Troy Ray 10. Um, I was able to get T Ray 10, but I think that's correct. <laughs> awesome. Well, we appreciate you, you hopping on, Troy, uh, again, for joining us today. And uh, best of luck training for this upcoming PLL season. No, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan. So excited to be a part of the podcast. 